0: You are listening to Food Vibrations with your host Cammie Chartier. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Food Vibrations. Thank you for joining us again. I'm here today with Faith from Faithful Plateful, and she's someone that I followed on Instagram. I've been inspired by her recipes and also her attention to making healthy food for her family, for her young children. And so I brought her on here because she has a book out about that. And I was just inspired by it. And I think it's a really important message for us to bring into this food vibrations world, where we're talking about the culture that we grew up with, with food and what we're passing on to our children. So Faith, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. And so could you just give like a Like, introduce yourself to my audience. If they don't know you, if they don't follow you, kind of tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do and what inspires you to do what you do.
1: Yeah. um, So I have my website, which is faithfulplateful.com. And I just love to create recipes to be as nutritious and as possible. I grew up in Arizona, but I live now with my husband and my three little kids I have a degree in public health, and I've always just been interested in nutrition from a very young age, really. Um, I've worked as a health coach for like Weight Watchers and I just am constantly like coaching my friends for free on Marco Polo. and it's just a conversation that I like to be in. Um, and then I personally just um, I want to avoid the standard American diseases that often accompany the standard American diet. And so I have switched to like a whole food plant-based diet, um, kind of on and off slowly over the past like 10, 15 years, but mostly the past like five years. And I really understand the struggle of feeding children nutritiously in our culture with all that's marketed to them and just our society of um, kind of indulgent food. And so I'm I'm just here to help people nourish their kids in
0: a fun and sustainable way. I love it. I love, yeah, you have a unique perspective from the guests I've had in the past in in bringing that attention to your children while they're young um, and helping helping those around you, right? To like understand the steps that they can take. So I'm going to ask you some of the questions that I've asked my past guests. And if you can just, you know, give us your opinion, tell us, where you're coming from on this or what it's, you know, how it's intertwined in your life. So growing up, what was the food, the food culture in your family? I know you mentioned like avoiding the standard American diseases from the standard American diet, um, how things are marketed, you said marketed to kids, but I think they're marketed to adults too, because our eyes are just as wide as kids, right? We like the shiny, the bright colors and all the fancy stuff too. But what was your food food culture growing up?
1: Um, so I wasn't really aware of it or conscientious of it as much as my mom probably was, because she was the one kind of, you know, running the show of what we ate. But um, from what I can remember, it was just pretty chill and normal. (laughs) We ate like standard foods, but probably on the healthier end, like we didn't really have like white bread. We always had whole wheat and a lot of homemade food, not a lot of processed food. Like we rarely had like frozen pizza and stuff like that. But we did eat like sugar and dairy and um, meat and eggs and that kind of thing and um, made a lot of you know, chocolate chip cookies and desserts and brownies and stuff. (laughs) But as my parents got older and they kind of watched their parents' health decline, um, we became more aware. So you can't change what you don't see, right? And we just didn't see as a family, just like most people, just kind of following the flow of normal eating. You didn't really stop to think about it that much. But once we did stop to think about it and we knew better, we did better, you know? you know better, you do better. And um, when I was about 16, my mom um, really started studying nutrition more and really coming to um, just her own like conviction about things. And it was actually a book by Joel Furman. I don't know if any of you have heard of him, but he's a, a doctor who promotes like a a nutritarian lifestyle, which is where it's a very high nutrient density. So no empty calories kind of thing. And it's mostly like whole food plant-based uh, th- approach. Um, so she read a book by him and just knew it was true. She could feel it in her heart. And anyway, um, we started eating differently since then. And um, I kind of gained my own conviction of how I want to eat when I was um, – just struggling to regulate my menstrual cycle. I had super long um, menstrual cycles, like sometimes more than 70, 80, 90 days um, between cycles. And when I did have a period, it was excruciatingly painful. And so when I was married and trying to get pregnant, you know, it was like impossible that way. So I really had to do a lot of my own studying and research and a lot of what I was reading was saying to eat like high protein, high fat, low carb. And it didn't feel right to me. And that's something I would encourage anyone listening to do is to really try to learn about nutrition with your heart. And um, just try to feel deep down and like seek inspiration of what's true um, and not just rely on Google. But <laughs> <What> mean. <it laughs> so that experience kind of led me to how I eat now
0: yeah um I think it's it's interesting because I have I have heard of Joel Furman. I haven't read any of his books but you know like looking online and stuff looking through that kind of thing and for me it was Forks Over Knives when that documentary came out and I watched it and I was like yeah like this isn't rocket science we should be eating fruits and vegetables guys like this makes sense like that's that's where we're getting live living food that's going to nourish our bodies. It was, and I just knew, like, I knew that's what made sense out of all of that stuff, right? So mm. when you, um, because you said you have a degree in nutrition.
1: Well, it's public health, which
0: unfortunately
1: doesn't really talk about nutrition much. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's funny. Um, I had a doctor on um, the podcast and she was mentioning the same thing, like going through schooling and how little attention is given to nutrition. And that's why I think it's really important like that people do start researching things on their own and educating themselves. Because when you go to the doctor, you are going to hear a lot of high protein, high fat, low carb, but it just, it, it doesn't, it doesn't bring everyone the best benefits. And like you said earlier, you said, if you can't see it, you can't change it or something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of times what's happening to us when we're eating like a diet that's high in animal products, there's things going on that we're not necessarily seeing on the outside yet. Yeah. Change is changes taking place. And so I think that's really important when we start to learn about nutrition. I know the more and more I learn, the more I'm just like, this is crazy. How come mm-hmm. nobody's telling us this before, right? Or even like, why Why aren't we teaching kids in school about nutrition, about the way their body works and about, I mean, I know why we're not, but I think it would be a really good idea if if as kids, we were learning that, right? And we could take that with us as we're growing. But anyways, um, so for you personally, like since you did grow up in a family that was pretty healthy, Right. And, and they were making those choices. How do you, like, do you see how that's impacted you differently than maybe the people you grew up with or the way that that's played a part in your life? Is that different from those around you? Or has that been difficult for you having that variation between like the standard American diet and then paying more attention to the things that are are bountiful and nutritious?
1: It is hard to be different because um, food is a very social thing. And um, so, yeah, I won't say it's always easy and I'm not always perfect either. Like for a long time, I was like a social meat eater because I would never choose to buy it or make it myself like when I was on my own. But I would sometimes just not want to stand out on a date or with at a party or something. And um, But I've since kind of developed a stronger backbone and I can I can be different without feeling self-conscious about it (laughs) yeah um I have a difference in my health I think like I think it's really paid off that I've been more health conscious since I was a teenager um I've just avoided a lot of health problems that I see people even my age having already but um it's also made me um have to think of why I do what I do and have a strong, um, like resolve and understanding and just, I mean, you can't really eat this differently from people without really asking yourself, am I going to keep doing this? Like, why am I doing this? And (laughs) it's not easy. Um, but it does get easier with time too. But
0: yeah, I think that's, I mean, that's, probably sums up me I don't eat meat like I don't make meat at home actually the idea of cooking meat or it just really grosses me out now I can't even think about it or like at the grocery store I can't look at like the butcher section I'm just like no um but still like if I'm at someone's house and they cook for me or something I still do eat um you know what they make for me and I think so I'm like still in that stage right but there is a lot like I get a lot of jokes made about what I'm eating or don't you like bacon? You know, like bacon's always the thing. I don't know why everyone's so obsessed with bacon, but it's always bacon. Um, But it does. And it does take that strength, right? It does take that conviction to kind of stand out and be like, hey, like this is why I'm doing this, right? Mm -hmm. But then I personally think as time goes on, then people will start being like, oh, wait, I'm having these health things, right? what did faith tell me before, right? Like, (laughs) and they'll remember and they'll say, okay, well, what are you doing now? Right. And they'll say, how, how can I change? And they'll know they can come to you when it's that time. Right. Or that they can be like, Mm -hmm. even if it's secretly go look on your Instagram and your blog, your website and like get (laughs) recipes and all that kind of stuff. Right. So doing that. So now, you know, you've one. So commendable that, as a young teenager, like that you did that, you made those changes then because so many teenagers and younger they just have they're not giving their bodies what they need right to to be their best, and it's that's when diseases are really starting is when they're young, mm-hmm. and they're they're laying that foundation, so if we could get more younger ones to start paying attention to their health. It would really start shifting things moving forward. But as a mom and now, you know, your kids, so are your kids, are they in public school? Are they in homeschool? I mean, are they around other kids? Well, thankfully, well, I'm about, th- well, they're just young.
1: They're not in the school at all yet. They're all right. four, four two and newborn. So um, I don't have that issue as much but yeah, socially, I do just kind of let them make their own choice and um, I'm not like a helicopter parent, like making sure everything, every bite they take is nutritious or whatever. <laughs> it's definitely not. But at home, I just try to be a hundred percent so that there's some leeway when they're out of the house, you know?
0: Yeah, I think that's a a really balanced approach and um. I mean, I don't remember exactly what I was like when I was four, year, year, four years old or below, but I would think that that would make me think a lot more positively about things, you know, going forward, that it wasn't super strict, that it wasn't like all or, all or nothing, you know?
1: Yeah. And I think the best approach from a young age all the way up through your teenage years is just to be completely upfront about it and not like trying to keep a big secret of why we're trying to eat healthy, but just lay it out like my daughter really understands I feel she's my oldest she's four um why I don't want them to eat a lot of candy at Halloween and stuff like she's always saying like sugar is yummy but it's not very good for you (laughs) I never deny that it's delicious I'm like yep like you should not feel bad for thinking that you want more candy or cookies or whatever you should not because it's just a fact of life that it's delicious and you're not bad or abnormal for wanting more but um I just explain how like some things have nutrition and some don't, and some things are just not good for our bodies. And she just seems to understand that and know that like, it's okay to have those foods sometimes, but, um, there's just
0: gotta be like a limit to it, you know? Yeah. And that's, I think that's a super important thing for parents to kind of instill and not really make a big deal out of it. Right. Like Mm -hmm. the bigger deal you make, there can be reactions either way, but when you just, it's just a part of life. Yeah. its And I mean, let's be honest, sugar is delicious. That's why we have a problem with sugar in this country because it is delicious. Um. So, so many parents though do find it difficult to get their kids to eat healthy. Um, you kind of address this in the approach you take. So when they're out socially, you let them kind of make their own decisions, which is a really good way of helping them not feel like they're missing out on certain foods. Right. Mm -hmm. You could give, um, if you could give parents like one, like sum up one tip, like here's this tip for how to kind of get your children's focus to be more on what is nutritious or what that means for them. What would you say? I would
1: say to crowd out the less nutritious foods by like adding in the good ones. So instead of obsessing about what not to eat, kind of obsess about getting in the good stuff instead of worrying about the quote unquote bad stuff, you know, just kind of let that take its course and just try to fill them up with as many like really good things as you can Um, try to focus on what they do like instead of trying to get them to like what they don't like, you know, so let's just focus on, like, try to find, I don't know, five fruits or vegetables. And it's okay if it's all fruit in the beginning. Like, most kids do like at least a few fruits. Just give them that a lot, you know, and switch your processed or, like, refined grains to whole grains. And just make all the little tweaks you can to get the nutritious stuff in instead of worrying so much about um, getting rid of all the, you know, foods that don't meet your meet your values. And then eventually you're just gonna find that there's not room in your stomach
0: for those <laughs> foods to avoid because it's so full of the good stuff so it's it's really the same the same method we use for grown-ups when we're trying to adopt healthier st- lifestyles right healthier eating habits just add in all the nutritious foods and it's really crowding out the things that are serving your body less right so mm-hmm. and I think that's that's a big point. For parents as well, because we tend to be all or nothing, right? That tends to be the way we we approach things and just say, okay, I'm not going to eat any more sugar. Okay. Well, instead focus on, you know what I'm going to, I'm going to increase the amount of fruit I eat today. I'm going to increase mm-hmm. the amount of fruit this week. And again, fruit, please everyone eat fruit because it is delicious and wonderful and not the villain that you've been taught that it is. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> What about, I thought about this when you're talking about vegetables, do any of your kids have like a, ew, that's green kind of a response to veggies at all?
1: Yes, they do. And I feel like I've been doing all the right things, you know, since they were born, like there hasn't been a chance for them to like, I don't know, (laughs) it's just, (laughs) no matter how hard you try or how healthy, how, how healthy you eat personally, or no matter what you do, like they will still probably not love everything that you serve. So anyway, um, yes, a couple of my kids, well, different vegetables are, you know, they they like different things. But um, yeah, one of them does not like pretty much anything green. <laughs> <laughs> so I just don't stress about it. I still put it on her plate and like she has to just pick it out of her food or whatever. I don't, you know, keep it out of her sight or anything I try to expose her to it and give it to her in different forms and stuff and little by little she's like warming up to it like she'll try a green smoothie now even though she won't drink the whole thing and yeah um she does not like frozen peas but she'll eat fresh peas out of the pod and like it's just she's very particular but like with time I think you just kind of grow out of it so
0: yeah that reminds me um my cousin has three girls And the one, um, when I make like my, um, green drink, the one she's like, this is great. And she loves it. And the other one's like, ew, no, but she's (laughs) slowly coming around. And the other day when I was babysitting them, she was like, can I have some of your green drink? And I was like, yes, you can. (laughs) I was so excited. I was like, oh yes, please, please have some. So I think it's like just being familiar with it, you know? And I like, I like what you said, because in your approach, you are like, I did all the right things, but it shows it's not, it's not a parent's fault. If their kids don't like vegetables, you know, Mm -hmm. you can, you're, you're there just like you're there as a health coach, right? You're there to help people and guide them and kind of show them the way, but ultimately it's their choice, what Mm -hmm. they're going to do. Cause we can give that guidance. We can give that coaching, that mentorship, But ultimately they have to make the decision that that's what they want to do. Right. And you have a little bit more influence over your kids and that you're always the one preparing their food. So you're like, here it is for you. But ultimately they have to come to, to that decision. Right. Because if they don't, then they'll end up kind of resenting it. Right. Mm -hmm. And then going the opposite direction.
1: That's why I really try to not pressure them too much and like, force things down their throat, because I just really strongly believe in personal agency when it comes to food. I think there's a reason why what you eat is really like 100% up to you. Like you cannot force someone to eat something, you can maybe get it into their mouth with force, but you can't really force them to swallow. Like, it really is something that only you can choose to do is to eat something or not. And I want to honor that. And um, I just think it will work out without force and bribe and all that supposed to ever bribe. Like you're not supposed to, but I gotta say like, it works so well for me. (laughs) I do it more than I probably should. But like, I'm just like, if you eat a bowl of soup, then you can have, you know, cookie or something. And like, I make lots of healthy treats. It's not like a real, you know, butter filled cookie, but anyway, bribing for dessert, like it just works so well.
0: (laughs) But you're not supposed to do that technically. <laughs> you know what? Sometimes you need to do what works instead of what you're told you're supposed to do. So yeah, it reminded me though, when you were talking about, you can't force anybody. My brother, um, when he was little, he hated cooked carrots. I mean, hated them, but my mom made him eat them one time. You know, she didn't, she wasn't forcing him, but she's like, you got to eat that before you get up." So he just had them in his mouth for for like hours he just would not swallow the carrots he just was not going to do it i'm just, i'm over here like if you swallow it it's gone yeah. you know, like, <laughs> but you know you're like 3 so you're not going to think that through but it's right we can't we can't force them to do it but having that environment where you're excited about them you know, and you're energetic about them and then also presenting them in a way. So on your Instagram, I watch you and you present things in a way that are going to make them more exciting for kids.
1: And that yeah. leads me
0: to, can you please tell us all about your book?
1: Yeah. So I have a lot of my like trick tricks and tips with kids in my book. Um, I just had it published about a month ago. Exactly. Um, it's called plant-based cooking for kids and it's available anywhere books are sold on Amazon and everywhere. Um, and I have over 70 recipes in there that are all made of whole plant ingredients and they're like the most simple recipes that I could come up with so that kids can cook them themselves. There are some that are more sophisticated to make that are more for parents to make for their kids. They have different skill levels but um all of them can be um adapted to be like gluten-free or nut-free or anything like that if needed and they're just my family's favorite recipes the ones that we go to again and again
0: and so in in your book which is your like do all three of your kids love one of the the recipes more than the rest
1: So none of my kids would like every single recipe. And I don't think any kid would really. Adults probably would like every single recipe if you're not a picky person. But um, yeah, no kids probably going to like all 70. But my kids and I all love a lot of them. Um, There's some baked pancakes in there that you like pour the batter into a pan and bake it instead of sitting on the griddle. So it's a faster way to have all your pancakes done at once. And they're super yummy. Um, We love the baked pancakes. We love the lentil tacos. Those are super easy to make. They're just an instant pot recipe. You put three ingredients in the instant pot and then your taco filling is done. And they all, we all like that. Um, My kids love tofu, love, love it. So they love the crispy tofu that's in there. Um, They like all the smoothies and especially the desserts. I have a chickpea chocolate chip um, cookie bar. And it's made with like blended chickpeas in it, but you would never know. And we all love that. Um, another favorite is the chocolate cherry nice cream. It's like a chocolate cherry soft ice cream. And it's just made of fruit and
0: cocoa, but it's so, so good. I'm now hungry and want all of those <laughs> things that you just talked about. Um, and I think it's, it's good too. like, I'm over here like scheming, Um you know, if you make them and your kids don't see the ingredients and they just eat them and love them, right? Then they're not like, oh, why are there why are there chickpeas in my, you know, in my dessert? <laughs> um, I know that would work with my cousin's kids. If they saw it, they'd be like, no. But if they just ate it and it was delicious, they would love it. Um, so I think that's awesome. And I love that you said, you know, you can adapt them. So they can be gluten-free or nut-free. Um, I have made the mistake one too many times of making things with cashews in them. And my cousin's little girl is allergic to cashews and it's a learning curve because everything in my house has cashews in it. Um, (laughs) but that's just a big, a big thing that we're, we're working around is like everybody's allergies and stuff like that and how to get around Mm -hmm. them. So I just want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast faith. And like she said, you guys, you can get her book on Amazon or wherever books are. And it's called, again, can you remind me of the title? Plant-Based Cooking for Kids. Which is perfect. And I think that's a good place for a lot of adults to start if they're wanting to incorporate more plant-based recipes into their life. Because if kids like it, usually grown-ups will like it too. Kids tend to be pickier than grown-ups a lot of the time. Not all of the time, but a lot of the time.
1: Yeah. And I'll need more simple, fast, healthy recipes. So whether you have kids or not, it's a great all around cookbook. It's just cute and colorful to appeal to kids. And there's lots of explanations of things for like a beginner, but you don't have to be a kid to be a beginning plant-based
0: cook. So yeah, it's good for everyone really. That's wonderful. I saw a, a thing on Instagram the other day that said, who knew the hardest part of adulting was going to be trying to figure out what to eat for dinner every night? And I was like, "I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you." Yes, yeah. My husband and I we used to just we go back and forth for an hour. And what do you want? No, what do you want? And I'm like, I don't even care anymore. <laughs> just we need uh, food. So, yeah. well, thank you so much, Faith, for coming on. Thank you everyone for listening. And if you want to follow her on her Instagram or go to her website, it's Faithful Plateful. And of course, that'll be in the description below. And ask her any questions. Reach out to her. Buy her book support her in that and make it a wonderful, wonderful thing. It's a good gift to give to people as well, help them to get started on their plant-based journey. So thank you everyone for joining us. And until next time, this is Food Vibrations.